This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. On Money Talks, we discuss money news and take your questions about personal finance. For 15 years, we've provided free financial information for Mississippians. I hope you can join me, Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, co-host of Money Talks, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. or anytime on our podcast. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio. It's the show all about you and your rights and the rights you might want to have today. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz, and it's always great to be with you on In Legal Terms. I mean, it's our last live show of the year, it's hard to believe, and uh, it's been a great year. And, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to do this show and to, and to talk about the law with you and uh, and with our guests. Uh, and today we're sharing our legal wish list, as you mentioned. But um, before we get to wishes, I thought it'd be good to talk about what we're thankful about. And I, I'm thankful for my wonderful family and friends. I've got um, my son, Ben, is here from Kansas. And my, my daughter, Eve, has been with us. Uh, she's going to be moving to California. And my daughter, Claire, is on getting ready to get on a plane to come here from Virginia uh, my other daughter's in Japan. That's pretty far away. And, and I uh, get to be with my, my wonderful wife. And and uh, it's just you know, grateful for that and grateful, again, to live in a country where we can express our views. That is true. Uh, we do see and hear on the news other places don't have it as, as good as we do. And while there are People, you know, threatening, I'm going to move to Canada. I follow a gal on TikTok who's decided to move to Portugal because she couldn't stand Florida anymore and the the rights that had been taken away from her in Florida. So she's moved to another country. But I think on balance, you know, we are happy in Mississippi because and we're, we're staying here and are uh, grateful very much to... Uh, uh, the United States and the people who have fought f- to keep our rights and so, so, so very grateful for the people who do step up and run for political office who uh, will listen to their constituents and vote for them and try to craft the law and your rights to what their constituents want. Yeah, and I agree. And I think if we if we start electing problem solvers instead of people who are just throwing out, you know, um, name calling on both sides, I think we would be in much better shape. We need to we need to start electing some adults, I think now. Um, and uh, that would be great. But that's so I'll start with that. You know, but that's kind of general kind of, kind of thought. But if I could if I could lead off with one, I know we're going to take turns uh, talking about some of our wishes and one that I wish for Mississippi that I think would really be helpful uh, is to repeal the grocery tax. Uh, Mississippi has the highest grocery tax in the country, 7%. And it's a regressive tax. Um, it, it affects people with lower incomes more than it affects people with higher incomes. It seems like it would be an easy fix. You know, we had um, at least one candidate talking about um, uh, running for state office who was elected, talking about inflation and how inflation is killing Mississippians. You want to get rid of 7% of the cost of food you could get rid of the grocery tax really, really easily. So that would be what the one I would lead off with. Well, and especially if our our governor who has said, you know, we don't need 
uh, income taxes to to run the state. We don't need that. He says we don't need that uh, uh, in, influx of cash. Well, if, if we don't need that influx of cash, then maybe it could start with, you know, the grocery tax because – Absolutely everybody has to pay that. There's not a threshold. Well, if you only buy $25 at Kroger, you don't have to pay income tax. It, that is something that does uh, – you, you, if you only buy $25 at Kroger's, you don't have to pay the sales tax. There's not that threshold. It, it does hit absolutely everybody. It does. And, you know, it, it affects people who you – know, if, if uh, your grocery budget is, you know, 25 30 percent of your – your living expenses, you've got to have groceries, then then you're paying a higher percentage than someone whose groceries uh, are only, you know, uh, you know, 2% of their overall expenditures. Uh, and so you're really kind of, that's a regressive tax. And it does affect poorer people more, uh, lower income people more. And I, I just don't see any justification for it, to be honest with you. Right. And I, you know, also talking about the the health of people. We talk about Mississippi as one of the most obese states, and if we had, you know, if they did charge tax at McDonald's and Popeyes, then maybe people would shop more at a farmer's market or at a grocery store for raw ingredients that might be more healthy. That that's a thought. And, you know, some states do that, actually. And what some states will do is they'll take, you know, produce and and non-processed foods, uh, you know, know, actual um, foods that are groceries and and, and not tax them. They may tax deli meat or they may tax other things that, you know, are really more luxury type items is one way to look at it. But, you know, pure groceries and things that people need need to eat and nutritious food that people need to eat, I, I really don't understand the justification that we have the highest grocery tax in the country. So you mentioned that it's a regressive tax. That's a, a, a tax that more heavily impacts people with uh, lower tax brackets. What are, are there, uh, is the income tax, is that a form of that, you know, because of the, the threshold of income or? It's a progress, that's a progressive tax. And the, and the whole point of the income tax is the more money you make, the higher percentage you pay, but you're also you're benefiting from society to a greater extent too. You know, you get you uh, people who have higher incomes um, enjoy typically living in better neighborhoods, protection you know, from the police, all those things that we get um, if you're if you're able to sustain a higher income. So you pay you pay a little more than people who are in lower brackets. And the idea is to to do it in gradations, to you know, to tax in gradations, and that's how the classic progressive tax works. Um, to try to say, hey, if you're if you're making more, it's less a percentage of your uh, of your overall income, um, you know, to pay you know at a little higher margin on some of your income. But if you're but if you're taxing everybody at seven percent on groceries, that's going to affect people with lower incomes more because that's a higher percentage overall uh, of what they're bringing in. So um, it's just uh, you know if somebody makes a thousand dollars. Seven cents on every dollar of groceries is a lot more than somebody who has ten thousand dollars. I mean, it just you know it's, it's simple math. So you're really affecting that person in the lower bracket is paying a, a higher overall percentage of their uh, income of their costs of groceries uh, than someone who can more afford it. 
Professor Gershon and I are talking today about what our wishes are, what rights we wish we had, uh, what we wish the legislature could do next month when they meet for the new session. But we want to hear what you have to say. What are your wishes for the, the new year? What what rights do you wish you had? What laws do you wish would get passed? Call us. Tell us uh, what you think. One of my wishes, uh, Professor Gershon, you live in Oxford, and everybody in their own hometown has their own situations with their town and their town's infrastructure. I live in Jackson, the capital of, of Mississippi, and I wish that... Um, you know, the fresh water and the wastewater situation could be resolved and put past us in Jackson. The capital, when you think of capitals, it should be a place that's the best example of a place. It should be a area that everyone in the uh you know that that it that it governs should look to as a I don't know about ideal, but just a fantastic representation of your area. And while we in Jackson, we are getting uh, due to federal help, we are getting uh, a little better handle on our water situation. Do we trust it? <laughs> you know, I don't know. And for so long, the 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 water has, you know, are we going to have it? Are the mains going to break? Um, you know, I still have 10 gallons of water, jugs of water at my house that I keep, you know, just in case. I still have a filter that we use. You know, I even filtered the dog's water because... They say it's fixed, but do I believe it? It's just not. I can empathize with the people in Flint, Michigan. You're told it's fixed, but uh, is it? Is it really? Um, I I hope that Jackson can still get a hold of their billing because their billing accountability is a shambles and. We want people to pay for the the resources that uh, they they use, but Jackson's kind of a mess right now, and I love it. I chose to live in Jackson, not Madison, Pearl, Clinton, Terry, Byram, Ridgeland, Brandon, Edwards, and I would hope that. For the leaders of the city, the leaders of the state, that we could all get together and go, hey, Jackson's our capital. It should represent the best of Mississippi, and it needs some help, and help in a good way, not help in a, in a tear-it-down kind of way. Problem-solving. We need problem-solvers. We don't need people who are going to say it's their fault, it's their fault, and stand on each side. And and, and, and that's what's going on right now. And I agree, it, you know, it, it's got to be livable. It's got, the capital has to be a livable place. I'm glad you live there. And I, I hope uh, many people uh, stay there and help, help build it and, and fight for it the way you are. This is In Legal Terms. Now, not everybody has a chance to listen to our show live. So if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from our website, 
inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. If you would like to know the rights you have better, you can read the Constitution of the State of Mississippi, adopted November 1st, 1890, annotated, updated May 2022. It's on the Secretary of State's website. I'll have that link on this show's information page. This morning, we're talking about your rights and the rights you wish you had. And the key word is wished. We're talking about our wishes for the new year, about our wishes for improved rights from for Mississippians. Professor Gershon, we had a caller who couldn't stay on the line. She did agree with you on the grocery tax. She wished uh, for the ballot initiative. She wished that would be a, uh, a possibility. And she also wished for better health care. And the, the gal I follow on TikTok who moved to Portugal, um, bodily autonomy was one of her wishes. And since she didn't get that wish, uh, they moved. And I think there's also some expats that have moved to Italy and because they don't have to worry about someone with a gun at the grocery store. Uh, so. Oh, those are, I think those are great wishes. And I think your point about uh, your friend in Portugal and, you know, I still choose to live, live here. I think, you know, this is still the best place in the world, but uh, it, um, we could, we could definitely improve it. And the ballot initiative, I love that one because that's something that gives people in Mississippi the ability to say to their legislators and and uh, you know, people who are in uh, state offices, here's what we want. And, you know, we saw what happened, of course, with medical marijuana that ultimately unraveled, unfortunately, the ballot initiative, but it needs to come back. And I don't know what our legislators are afraid of. Honestly, I think it's a fear. They're afraid that the people of Mississippi will think differently than them. And why not take that chance? Um, and especially on, you know, they, they've said they wouldn't allow bodily autonomy to be an issue. It's been an issue in Ohio and other states. People should be able to speak out on those things. Um, if this is really a state that's run by the people, as they say it is, then let's have a Senate. Yeah, without government interference. <laughs> mm-hmm. We do have a call. Les from Wesson has called in. Les, we're so glad that you're joining us on In Legal Terms. Tell us about uh, what rights do you wish you had or what laws do you think we need to get rid of? Uh, Yes, that was Lewis. Uh, What I'm interested in, it seems humane, is to extend Medicaid like so many states have done. Uh, The We have so many people uh, in poverty in Mississippi. I'm fortunate I have a daughter and a son-in-law. I'm not in poverty. I would be. Um, And that just seems the simple thing to do. I mean, if the money's there, uh, let people have it. So that's all I have on that one, but that's my comment. Thank you, Liz. We we appreciate you calling with that. And I'm I'm gonna you know stay at it. This is our third year to do uh, uh, the wishes, and 
It was on Richard's list in 2021 and 2022. Uh, yeah, sometimes you can. You, I totally agree with you. So thank you, thank you for that call. I don't understand the reluctance to expand Medicaid at this point when so many other states have done it, including very very conservative states who benefit from it, benefited from it. There's a there's a stubbornness that happens sometimes um, that is almost a prideful arrogance that keeps keeps. Uh, our, the legislature and, and our leaders from doing things just because they say they weren't going to do it. And even though it becomes clearly the right thing to do, um, I, I am bothered by the fact that they don't step up and just do the right thing. So thank you for that that call. That's just my opinion. That's not the opinion of MPB or anyone who works here, but um, I certainly appreciate that call. Right. You know, there were links to speeches that um, candidate Reeves made before the election, and he has said that um, he opposes Medicaid expansion because he does not want to add more people to government programs he derives as welfare. He has uh, put forth the Mississippi Hospital Access Programs and payment mechanism known as UPL as a uh, an, a, a different way to increase health care. And Reeves often has said he opposes Medicaid expansion because the state could not afford to put 10 percent of the matching funds to draw down the federal fund under expansion. The feds would pay 90 percent of the health care costs for an estimated 300,000 Mississippians, mostly the working poor who would qualify. And those are both from two news stories that I researched because I knew that uh, this might be one of the topics that, you know, people wished about. Well, it's interesting because PPP loans are not considered socialism, but but, uh, Medicaid is. So, you know, it's just if if people who are getting it, it's they need it. And then they say, uh, you know, that that's fine. But if somebody else is getting it, it's socialism. And I've got I think we got to get out of that mindset because we have hospitals that are failing in this state um, and partly because they're not getting payments. I mean, they're, they're going to take care of people. The hospitals are not going to turn people away, but if they're not getting paid, they can't stay in business. And the way they get paid is through these programs that actually help support not be, not just the people who are sick, but the, but the providers who provide uh, for their, their illness. So I just think that's one we need to grow up and, and, and accept, in my opinion. Professor Gershon, what's another one of your wishes? Well, one we talked about on the show also before, and there was actually a commission, and we had a member of that commission on the show. My my friend and former colleague, wonderful uh, Debbie Bell, was on that commission talking about no-fault divorce, a true no-fault. In Mississippi, we still have fault-based divorce. If both parties don't agree on irreconcilable differences, then one person's going to have to prove some fault-based grounds to get a divorce. It just adds expense and, and agony uh, to the process for people. Um, if we had a true no-fault divorce where one person says, I want to get a divorce, um, I, you know, people would be able to move forward with their lives a lot easier. Um, and then what you're talking about is just figuring out how to divide the property, take care of the children. Those are the things we need to focus on. Um, and we would take you know out of the chancery courts all the work they have to do in trying to establish fault ground. So uh, there was a commission that recommended that. And the legislature took that nowhere. It on a recent show when we had newly elected uh, legislator uh, Gibbs on, 
you know, someone had called to talk about lobbyists, you know, lobbyists persuade or provide information to legislators with information to try to get the legislators to vote the way they, they're people who are paying them. But a task force is from the legislator, legislature. It's made up of experts that the legislature picks to bring them information. And then the legislature doesn't listen to these task force. That just blows my mind. It's amazing. I, you know, we had Ron Rieschlock talking about uh, the task force that looked into um, online gambling. That'll come before we had no-fault divorce, sadly. But really, the truth is a no-fault divorce would actually help people a lot more than online gambling will. Uh, so it would. I wish that, again, the focus would be uh, on how do we help the people of Mississippi live better lives. Maybe we can make a bigger uh, roll back uh, to our view and wish that the legislature would pay attention to the task force recommendations that they convene. We've also had Andre Degree on talking about the task force that they've uh, – and the reports that they've gotten for public defenders. <laughs> the legislature doesn't listen to those task force recommendations. No, no, you're right. There's so many. And I know you have some. I want to give you a chance to certainly talk about your your wishes. Well, before uh, I get to my wish, uh, let's hear about Jody from sure. Clinton. Jody, what is a wish that you wish the legislature could uh, get done or get by on this year? I, sh- I should say, uh, ha- are we beating a dead horse? But I have a question. I called the governor's office, did not get an answer. Don't all of our congressmen, uh, I mean, our senators and representatives and the governor, don't they get state-funded health insurance? Nobody would tell me. Don't we finance their health insurance? Just, I'm not sure. They're state employee. Are they state employees? I I would think so. I would think so too. So they're we're paying for their coverage. Well, from okay. yeah, from my understanding, uh, from what I've read about some of um, Governor Reeves's opposition is that he wants to empower more people to enter the workforce to get health care through working. But even even people who are working, a lot of this uh, Medicaid expansion would be for the working poor. So, I, I, Jody, I don't have an answer for you on that. Professor Gershon, do you have any words of wisdom? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I look at, yes, I mean, the, it's the same thing with the federal Congress, too. I mean, the you know, federal Congress, when they were talking about um, doing away with uh, Obamacare, which they did not do, fortunately, um, you know, they were all covered. And so, it's you know, from a position of, of safety, it's easy to deny someone else that same safety net, I think. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I think it's really just a matter of uh, having um, our legislature sit down and think about really how this expansion could work in a way that would, would help more people get health care. Um, and, and the state would be healthier. The, the hospitals would be healthier. Uh, we can make it a political football. It doesn't really need to be. I mean, it hasn't been in other states that are, again, you know, very, very uh, conservative states like, like us. 
But I have uh, some experience in social work, and if you are living under a bridge and have nothing, you can get health care. But if you're working and don't have health care, you pay the full hospital charge. I guess my wish is Mississippi seems to be number one in what's bad and number 50 in what's good, and I would wish it'd be reversed. Here, here. My wish. Here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love your program. Thank you so much for listening to me. <laughs> Thank you, Jody. We appreciate you calling in. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. We do hope you'll subscribe to our podcast, or you can find MPB Think Radio recordings on the website mpbonline.org slash radio. So the Secretary of State's searchable annotated Mississippi code is a link uh, to information provided by the LexisNexis Publishing, the official publisher of the Mississippi Code. For further information about the official unedited, an, oh, unannotated Mississippi Code or to report errors, you can contact LexisNexis. I'm going to have a link to that on our show's page. That's an expensive subscription, Professor Gershon, and they've just got it right there on the Secretary of State's website. Yeah, no, it's nice. It really is. And uh, that uh, we we use it, obviously, a lot at the law school as well as uh, you know other search engines. But um, that's that's really nice. That they do that. The Secretary of State's website is a great website, by the way. And we so, appreciate it. So much yeah. information. Uh, and uh, if, especially during election time, uh, they've got so much information. If you're making your uh, charitable contributions this time of year, you can see the report card on charities in Mississippi, and it's got a lot of business information. They've they've really just kind of busted out that Secretary of State's website. We are talking about our wishes for improved rights for Mississippians. Professor Gershon and I have been taking turns back and forth, but we've got Charles from Jackson and John from Meridian on the line. Let's go to John and find out uh, what your wishes are. John, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms. Uh, what is your wish for Mississippi? Well, I would like to see uh, uh, Mississippi and, and, and even the, the, uh, the state uh, government. I think that a state uh, a government operates better when their powers alternate instead of being stuck in one uh, political system for, for so long. You know, give other uh, parties a chance to have an influence in the state without one. And the, the, the insurance, the, the non-working people are taken care of, but the working people are not taken care of. And that's, that's hard uh, for, for working people here in the state to, um, to be under such a system like that. So I think we need, we need a change. I know we need a change. So... It, it, it just doesn't work the way it is, you know. John, that is so, very interesting. Professor Gershon, what what's your take on that alternating? You just want to make sure that the other party isn't too crazy. I don't know. What is your thought on that? Well, I think it's a great idea. I don't know, you know, I the way our state 
uh, is district is that would be it's it's hard it's hard not to have that supermajority it's been set up that way to be a supermajority so what I would like though is for both parties to listen to each other I mean I had some there are people in, in the legislature who are on the uh, a party that is different than the one I affiliate with but we've had some great conversations I mean we, we learn from each other because we actually talk to each other but there's not a lot of that going on it's a lot of name calling and you're not going to get anywhere with that we got real problems to solve. Put your parties down, you know, and start talking to each other and work these problems out. Because we, until we do, uh, some of these things that can, that are solvable uh, are not going to be solved if you're just calling somebody a, a libtard or, or a fascist. It's not going to. It doesn't do anything. It's time to grow up, and it's time to solve problems. Well, John, your comment and our previous caller Jody's comment that falls in with one of my wishes is that for Mississippi to be a more united place. I I uh I tried the chat GPT and you know asked asked that uh, uh AI uh what brings Mississippians together and their three top answers were southern hospitality Warm and friendly attitudes, shared culture, emphasis on politeness and courtesy, to culinary heritage, love for traditional Southern cuisine, including staples like grits, cornbread, and barbecue, celebrations around food, such as communal gatherings and festivals, and music and arts, appreciation for various music genres, including blues, gospel, and country, rich artistic traditions, including visual arts and literature. So if we could somehow get all of that to make our laws, I don't know, maybe the legislature, they need to meet at a barbecue or at a, what is it, plein air, where you paint outside and everybody has to paint together while they're making their laws. I don't know how we can can come together and not have, here's the issue, which side of the issue are you on? Because that's the side your party is supposed to be on. And I really don't care what, what our legislators or, or our state auditor, what kind of beer they're drinking. I really don't. I really don't. I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I don't care which light beer they choose. It's, um, I want them to solve problems. That's what I, that's what I want them to know. I believe when we have a super party, uh, that's the problem because it's uh, I'm the boss and you do it as, as I say, and that that's it to become law. That's the problem. So when we all come together with all these wonderful arts and ideas, then we can solve it. Sit at the same table, sit down and talk, have an open discussion, and not that I'm the boss and this is the way it's going to be. That's the problem. That's the attitude. That's what has to be rid of. My I- and if someone from another party has a good idea, don't just automatically reject it because you don't like that party or that party's leader. That's, that, once we get past that, we can solve the issue. But we get that I'm the boss and this is where it's going to be and this, this is the way it's always been. It's never going to get solved. We've got to get past that idea of that out. And one party, always, all the way in control, is not going to stop. It has to alternate. Alternate ideas, different people in charge, different people in power. We can get things done, but when we're stuck in one rut, where are we going to? Where are we, when are we going to come out of it? Where is the end of the trend? Is the ideal. 
Thank you, John. We appreciate you calling in. We lost our Charles. Charles tried to call in a couple of times, and we, we've lost him. So, if Charles, if you're still listening, we've still got 15 more minutes of the show. We'd love for you to call back. Let's go to Fannin and speak with Rich. Rich, we're glad you've called into In Legal Terms today. This is our last live show of the year, and we're talking about our wishes for 2024. Maybe there's a legislator listening, or maybe they'll listen to the podcast found on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app and also on the YouTube channel for MPB Think Radio. Rich, what are your wishes? What would you like to everyone to get along with? Okay. Um, thank you for taking my call. Um, you made me think of one other thing as I was waiting. Um, the, you know, the, I learned in a, um, in, um, a study week that I was in that, uh, and questions are learned to ask, uh, when you don't understand people or the why, why they do what they do is to ask that question, why? Rather than judge, uh, judge them from an, um, an immediate kind of, uh, uh, gut level reaction. So that's one thing I would hope that maybe we could learn that question of why and listen. The other, the other thing has to do with, um, native, native plants and native, um, environment. Um, there's, there's, um, I've, I've just recently learned in my own life how important it is that that we uh, blend in with what is is or has been here before we decided to settle it and that uh, settle the land and settle the areas of our our state that um, we might do better for ourselves if we try to return to that that native kind of um, um, environment of uh, of the plants that were here and the trees that were here. To, um, we might discover it even has economic value. Um, so the Department of Transportation or environmental quality, those kinds of things uh, seem to me to be able to contribute. So I didn't say that very well, but that's what I'm thinking. And that's what my, one of my wishes. Thanks. Thank you, Charles. Yeah, we're all living here in Mississippi, and anything we can do to make Mississippi a better place and to leave it a better place uh, for our progeny and for the for the people who come after us, Professor Gershon, what have you got to say about Mississippi? I think, I think well, this is a great place. I mean, it really is. We we have made it our home for uh, fourteen years now. I love it, and uh, um, so much potential, so much good here. Great people. We just want the best one. And, and I think, you know, um, there are things that could be improved and they're doable, but we need people with the will to do it. Yeah. I guess you and I are both uh, adopted Mississippians. We weren't stuck he- born here. We chose to come here because of it, in spite of it. And we want it to be as, you know, we want it to be as good as it can be. Exactly. Exactly. We are so glad Charles from Jackson has called in. Charles, we lost you a couple times, but we're so glad you've called in. We would like to hear what are your wishes for 2024 for our rights and our laws? Well, you know, hey, I. <laughs> well, I'm, okay, my wish is this. What kind of thought is that the, in this country, we are so divided either with liberal or conservative, 
were divided because of Democrat or Republican. And I heard you mention a few minutes ago about Christmas. Let me go back. Professor, given that all these divisions take place in this country and in Mississippi, do you think Democrats or liberals or Republicans or uh, uh, all of them, do they buy something different for Christmas? <laughs> I kind of, I kind of doubt it, and I think the, I think we all want just what's good for our families, and and uh, and we're just trying to live day by day, all of us, and and you know, uh, do do good work, and and you know, I th- I don't think we're that different, and I think the problem is we, it's almost like uh, we created divisions that we don't want to look past, and, and we need to start looking past them. So I totally agree with what you just said. Yeah, Money Talks, the the previous hour, heard on MPB Think Radio Tuesdays at 9 a.m. with the podcast and on the moneytalks.mpbonline.org. On their December 19th episode, they've talked about uh, what the hottest toys are. And I I listened to most of the show, and I don't think any of them said, okay, if you're a Republican, this is the hottest toy. And if you're a Democrat, this is the hottest toy. It's it's just something that they all want to have fun with and something that uh, uh, is a pleasing present to receive. So, Charles, yeah, you've got that right. That's that's a fantastic way that is not a division. Exactly. And it's just lazy to create these divisions. It really is to, to just for for example, when a, when a state official takes more than forty percent of the state and labels that forty percent of the state something, you know, I've heard socialist, communist, whatever. That's not productive, and it's also not true, um, and it's not creating any type of conversation that actually takes us forward. So um, we have to stop. Just that's just a lazy way to do it, honestly, and uh, and we need to stop being lazy. Thank you for being part of In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. It's available on the MPB Public Media app. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Hey, at 11 a.m. Central on Tuesdays, following our over-the-air broadcast, you can hear Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. So we had a podcast about law libraries uh, where you might could research our rights and laws. Goodness, that was July. That was June 4th, 2019. That was four and a half years ago. So before the pandemic. So procedures might have changed. I'm wondering if we should maybe do a update. We, there's a, we should go back to our catalog and revisit some of our old topics to see how they have changed uh, in, the, in the past few years because the pandemic changed the way a lot of things got done. We are talking about our wishes for improved rights for the lives of Mississippians. We have uh, from Tupelo, Ron has called in. Ron, we're so glad that you've called in. What are your wishes? Well, I tell you what. My company sent me to a um, big chunk of the summer to headquarters in Ohio. So my first day there after work or after training, I go to a drive through The guy gives me the total, and I drive around. And I think, that can't be right. And I ask him, he says, well, we don't tax food in Ohio. 
Um, he said, well, all we text is sodas, and that's not a lot. And, you know, I think Mississippi's, what, one of only two states that has a full sales tax on food. Well, I retired. Uh, as of now, I'm retired. And you know what I'm looking at? Being retired on fixed income, the biggest thing the legislature could do for retired people is eliminate that sales tax or at least cut it in half on food. I mean, food at the grocery store, food at the fast food. I mean, um, here in Tupelo, if you go out to a restaurant, I think you're paying about 12% with your local taxes and the state taxes. It's ridiculous. And then you leave a 20% tip, so you're you're like 35% before you leave the restaurant. Um, I'm old and grouchy. <laughs> but but anyway, if the legislature wants to do something, look at that grocery tax. And I'll let you guys go, hey, have a great Christmas and a happy new year. Thank you, Ron. Great minds think alike. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Gershon, you had one more wish that you wanted to talk about. What uh, What was that? Well, I really, I'll just boil it down because I know we don't have a ton of time, but I would say have an estate plan. The thing that Mississippians can do for them, Mississippians can do for themselves. They don't have to wait for the legislature to do it because part of what I wanted was probate reform, and that could take um, years to happen, unfortunately. It should happen sooner. But if you do an estate plan, you don't have to worry about that. You know, So have a plan that protects your family, that thinks about, that, that discusses with them you know, where your stuff is and where they can find it so that you don't leave a mess for them. Because what happens to all of us is inevitable, and we can ignore it or we can plan for it. Um, and so I think it's a you know, big step. Fewer than 50% of the people uh, have an estate plan, um, and it's pretty easy to put together if you just take the time. We That has been, I would say, uh consistently our most popular shows is when we have had estate planners on the show. We get so many calls, our heirs' property shows, uh, shows about wills, shows about um, having the, the, the ABLE uh, accounts, shows where you've, you've, you just got to get your, your, your plan going so that your wishes can be uh, gone forward and, you know, keep your kids from fighting later on and, and using up so much of your savings that you, that you hopefully are passing down to your family so that that will be a continued and generational uh, wealth and a good footing. But if you don't have a good plan for that, uh, it just makes, every, makes everything worse. Exactly. It's already a tough time for people when they lose a loved one and then having to dig through and try to figure out where everything is and what they had and what debt they had or whatever. You got to just have you got to share that with them. And and that's one of the best gifts you can get. Well, the one thing I think I'm a crazy person because I love Mondays. I love Mondays because on Mondays, anything is possible. You have a clean slate for the week. You can get all of your work done for the week. And that's kind of the same thing about January. January, we start a new legislative session. They could, our, our, our uh, legislators could all stand outside, sing Kumbaya, eating barbecue and painting and um, coming together to pass laws to benefit 
all Mississippians. That'd be nice. It'd be great. <laughs> Happy New Year, Professor Gershon. I hope you have a fantastic time with your family. Abram, our board engineer and podcast producer, I hope you have a great time with your family. Charles, our Arnold, who is uh, new to our radio department at MPB this year, we hope he has a great family. And I am so excited I don't have to drive anywhere this year. Family is all coming to me. And you and your family, please take care. Uh, listen to old episodes of In Legal Terms on your podcast platforms. Thank you so much for being with us all through 2023. This is In Legal Terms on MPB. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Thank you.